Welcome to Sky Women. I'm your host, Dr. Carolyn Moyers, a wife, mom, and board-certified OB-GYN. This is a place to educate, empower, and inspire. Join us each week as we share the power of women's stories. Real women, real stories, real inspiration. Put on your stretchy pants. Let's get going. Hello, Sky community. Welcome back to another episode of Sky Women. I'm your host, Dr. Carolyn Moyers, board-certified OB-GYN and podcast host. I am thrilled that you're here today because we are talking about hysterectomies, what what it is and what it isn't. So often I hear, as I'm taking people's history, a lot of times the questions that we ask, some patients don't know the answer to. How was your hysterectomy performed? Why was your hysterectomy performed? Do we know the final pathology of your hysterectomy? direct me. And oftentimes we hear use these very um, common layman terms like partial hysterectomy, total hysterectomy. What does it actually mean? So we're going to go through that today. Um, If you haven't, go ahead and subscribe to the show and leave us a review if you enjoy the content because that helps others to find us. And we really want to help to empower you to be your best healthcare advocate. So a hysterectomy can often relieve many conditions of the uterus like irregular bleeding and painful periods. Talking openly and honestly with your healthcare provider about your symptoms will really help to get the best recommendation and the best treatment for you. So what is a hysterectomy anyways? When we're talking about a hysterectomy, we're specifically talking about a surgery that removes the uterus. It's a very common type of surgery for women in the United States. Removing the uterus means that you can no longer get pregnant, means you no longer have periods. Yay, for no periods. If you're at a higher risk for uterine cancer, a hysterectomy can lower that risk of potential and potentially be life-saving. Let's just back it up though and go to like very specific terms on the different types of hysterectomy. So Depending on the reason for surgery, a hysterectomy can involve removing surrounding organs and tissues, such as the fallopian tubes and ovaries. Remember, the uterus is where the baby grows during pregnancy, and it's the lining is uh, the blood that you shed during your menstrual period. So you're going to lose the ability to get pregnant and lose your period. So what are the different types? A total hysterectomy means removing the uterus and the cervix. And maybe the fallopian tubes. A lot of times now we are removing the fallopian tubes along with your hysterectomy because we believe that a percentage of um, ovarian cancer actually originates from the fallopian tubes. So we're doing a prophylactic salpingectomy, fancy word for removing both of those fallopian tubes along with your hysterectomy. So that entire portion of the uterus would be removed, the cervix, the uterine body, and those fallopian tubes. A super cervical hysterectomy means that we remove just the upper part of the uterus and leaving the cervix. A total hysterectomy with bilateral salping oophorectomy means that we're removing the uterus, the cervix, the fallopian tubes, that's the salpingectomy part, and the ovaries, that's the oophorectomy part. And if you haven't experienced menopause whenever you go through this, removing those ovaries will start menopausal symptoms. And then there is a radical hysterectomy that may be performed if cancer is involved. And this is usually done by a GYN oncologist. And that's the removal of the uterus, cervix, fallopian tubes, ovaries, upper portion of the vagina, and some of the surrounding tissue and lymph nodes. So a hysterectomy might be recommended if you have 
abnormal or heavy vaginal bleeding that's not controlled by other treatment methods. If you have severe pain with your menstrual cycles, that's not controlled by other treatment methods. If you have uterine fibroids, either those non-cancerous fibroids that oftentimes will rear their ugly head and cause either a mass effect where you have this pelvic discomfort and pain or pressure on your bladder, pressure on your rectum, pain with intercourse, also can cause extreme heavy vaginal bleeding, sometimes leading to the need for blood transfusion from significant anemia. So increased pelvic pain related to the uterus, but not controlled by other treatment may be another indication for having a hysterectomy. Uterine prolapse. This is where the uterus has dropped into the vaginal canal. Hopefully it's not come out of the vaginal canal, but sometimes it has due to weakened support muscles. This can lead to urinary incontinence and or difficulty with bowel movements. Cervical or uterine cancer is another indication for a hysterectomy. And uh, conditions with the lining of the uterus like hyperplasia or recurrent uterine polyps or adenomyosis where the lining of the uterus is actually invaded into the muscle body. And that can create a lot of pelvic pain, discomfort with intercourse, et cetera. So a hysterectomy is the second most common surgery for women performed in the United States. The first would be C-section. So how would you prepare for a hysterectomy? Really, it's having a detailed conversation with your healthcare provider on expectations, what approach they're going to take, how long would your hospital stay be, what would your postoperative recovery look like, what type of postoperative pain management are you going to have in place? So what happens during a hysterectomy? Typically, you're going to get an IV line, you're under, going to undergo general anesthesia. And there are several types of approaches of a hysterectomy. There's a vaginal hysterectomy. So this is like, so you've had a hysterectomy, you're having a hysterectomy, you know you've had a hysterectomy, but you don't know how it came out, okay? So if you don't have any scars on your belly, it's likely that it came out vaginally. You're, this is where your uterus is actually removed through an incision at the top of your vagina. There's no external incisions. Disposable sutures are placed inside the vagina and it's most commonly used in uterine prolapse and other non-malignant or non-cancer conditions. A lot of people prefer this method and it's typically a same day surgery procedure. I personally feel like this is somewhat of a blinded procedure and I feel like I get better um, apical support to the vagina and less blood loss, less post-operative pain with a laparoscopic hysterectomy, specifically a robotic laparoscopic hysterectomy is my preferred method. And patients can also go home same day with laparoscopic hysterectomy barring any complications or any other medical comorbidities that may prevent that. So what is a laparoscopic hysterectomy? A small thin tube with a video camera on the end is inserted into through your belly button typically. And then we make lateral incisions on either side of your belly and surgical tools are inserted through those incisions and your uterus is dissected and removed through your Vagina, if you're having that total hysterectomy where your uterine body and cervix are being removed in its entirety. If you're having a super cervical hysterectomy, we're leaving the cervix, then that uterus would then have to be removed in small pieces through the smaller incisions on your belly. Oftentimes, like I said, you can go home same day of surgery. Your full recovery has shorter, less painful than abdominal hysterectomy. 
an abdominal hysterectomy, the uterus is removed through a six to eight inch long incision in your abdomen. This incision is made either through well, from your belly button to your pubic bone or across the top of your pubic hairline. So in your bikini line, similar to a cesarean section scar. Most commonly, this is used when cancer is involved or when the uterus is significantly enlarged when, or when disease is spread to other pelvic areas. But I will tell you that more and more, this is less common. Like personally, I have not done an abdominal hysterectomy unless it's been a cesarean hysterectomy to save a mother's life in the last 10 years. Even so, I'm seeing it to be more common in uh, GYN oncology cases. So the robotic assisted laparoscopic hysterectomy has really made a big difference in the detailed dissections that we can do on larger uterus, more complex uterus. And so that is is really kind of exciting because your recovery is quicker, your pain postoperatively is less, your um, post uh, your blood loss at time of surgery is less. And so for that reason, I really like that patients tend to do really well and have less pain postoperatively. So how long does a hysterectomy uh, last? Typically, it's going to last... 45 minutes to three hours really depends on a variety of things, the size of your uterus, the amount of scarring from previous surgeries, if other tissues such as endometrial tissue or other organs are being removed with your uterus, um, like your fallopian tubes or ovaries, although that doesn't really add much to the case at all, perhaps a few minutes. So if we're talking about what, if you said, well, what are the most common side effects of a hysterectomy? Well, you won't have a period. You won't uh, be able to get pregnant again, which if you're going through a hysterectomy, typically that's a a welcomed side effect. (laughs) However, if your ovaries are being removed at the time of a hysterectomy and you haven't gone through menopause already, you may have hot flashes, vaginal dryness, loss of libido, um, and difficulty sleeping or insomnia. So this is something that definitely there are treatments for, and this should be discussed as to when and how you want to undergo a hormone replacement therapy or hormone therapy. So what happens after a hysterectomy? So after a hysterectomy, you may be able to go home same day as surgery, or you may be discharged next morning. If there are additional complications, or if you've had an abdominal hysterectomy, you may stay longer in the hospital for post-op pain control and checking different labs and et cetera. Your provider should go over recovery instructions, including restrictions on your day-to-day activities. And you want to be sure to discuss your recovery and your post-op pain medication, how to take it, how to keep your bowels moving, what to do when you have that referred phrenic nerve pain and your shoulder is hurting. Your uterus, whatever tissue is removed from your from your belly is going to the pathologist for review. And then that final pathology will be discussed with you at your post-operative visit where you can go over what those findings are and what that means in terms of any future treatment. So for instance, if you've had a total hysterectomy and you've had your cervix removed and you've not previously had abnormal pap smears, your pap smear screening in the, over the last 10 years has been completely normal, then you no longer have to have pap smears after having that cervix removed. That doesn't mean that you will never have a pelvic exam, but you will not need to have pap smears. If you have had severe dysplasia of the cervix or um, cervical cancer, then you will continue to have pap smears performed of that upper vaginal cuff. And that is all dependent on your specific history. So something important to talk about with your doctor. 
So some people report after a hysterectomy having a more enjoyable life, especially if you're suffering from constant pelvic pain or heavy and irregular bleeding. I never will forget the patient who came running into the office (laughs) and jumped up and gave me a big hug because she was so excited that she had danced at her parents' anniversary party and she hadn't been able to do that in years because she would bleed and soak through even wearing a tampon and a pad. So this was life-changing for her. If you're at higher risk for uterine cancer, a hysterectomy can lower your risk and potentially be life-saving. So that's just some advantages. What are the disadvantages of having a hysterectomy? Well, it's a major surgery, so it has a longer recovery time. You know, your typical post-operative recovery, you know, full recovery is going to be four to six weeks, perhaps two to four weeks after a laparoscopic or a vaginal hysterectomy. But we would recommend nothing in the vagina, no penis, no dildo, no douching, nothing goes in the vagina, no tampons for six weeks after delivery to allow the area, the vaginal cuff to completely heal. Depending on the type of surgery you have, you could go through menopause. So if you've had those ovaries removed, you may have menopausal symptoms and may need to go on hormone therapy. Possible complications. So anytime you undergo surgery, you're going to hear, these are the list of complications that could occur. There with there is hardly anything is without risk, right? So you could develop blood clots in your legs or in your lungs. You could develop a severe infection at your incision site, at the vaginal cuff. You could develop a pelvic a collection of blood in the pelvis or a fluid collection or infection within the pelvis. You could have significant bleeding. You could have a blockage of your bowels. You could have, you know, even the vaginal cuff. Sometimes if a stitch tears, then you could have vaginal bleeding. Um, you could develop a urinary tract infection. You could have injury to your ureter that takes your urine from your kidney down to your bladder. We all like to think that these things would never happen to us, including surgeons. Trust me, we don't want any of these things to happen, but sometimes they do. It depends on your anatomy, the complexity of the surgery, et cetera. You also could have problems related to anesthesia. We always like to blame anesthesia on for everything, but we love anesthesia. They do all the things. So we touched a little bit on how long it takes to recover from a hysterectomy. Like I said, four to six weeks for most people. Your recovery really depends on the type of hysterectomy that you've had. Recovering for a vaginal laparoscopic hysterectomy may take less time typically than an abdominal hysterectomy for sure. But typically, you know, if you have a desk job, two to four weeks, you're going to be aching to get back to work. Typically patients typically uh, are able to get around and do their usual daily activities in the first week after surgery. You just may find that you're more fatigued because it's a major surgery and your body is recovering. So you just increase your activity gradually, pay attention to how you feel, take breaks, rest when you need to, and report any significant pain. You want to talk to your healthcare provider about any specific instructions and medications that you need to take. And like I said, nothing goes in the vagina for six weeks. So common instructions that we'll give you after a hysterectomy, you can experience light vaginal bleeding for one to six weeks, usually a light panty liner, nothing more than that. If you're having any heavy bleeding, we need to see you. Do not lift heavy objects more than 10 pounds for the first four to six weeks. I've already said several times, if you haven't gotten this yet, don't put anything in your vagina for four to six weeks unless directed by your healthcare provider after having a hysterectomy. No sex for six weeks after surgery. You can take a shower, wash your incisions with soap and water, pat them dry. You can even use a hairdryer on a cool setting to get them nice and dry. 
if their surgical strips are used, um, they typically will kind of get loose and fall off within a week and that's fine. If staples are used, then you'll have to come in the, to the office and have those removed by your healthcare provider. I cannot tell you the last time that I've used staples on a patient though. This has also kind of changed in the years since I've been practicing medicine and I love to do a subcuticular stitch. I feel like it is a prettier incision. It's less painful postoperatively and you don't have to take out those darn staples. You can drive about two weeks after our abdominal surgery or when you're no longer taking narcotics um, for pain. You can resume your regular exercise four to six weeks after, depending on how you feel. And of course, consult with your doctor. And you usually go back to work in, like I said, two to six weeks, depending on what kind of hysterectomy you have. So it's very specific to you and how you feel and what your healthcare provider or your doctor is recommending. So physically, you may find uh, that you are feeling, you know, more fatigued in the initial post-op. You may feel bloated or have symptoms similar to when you were menstruating if you still have your ovaries. If your cervix is left, there might be a little bit of endometrial tissue left and you could even have some vaginal spotting or bleeding with a super cervical hysterectomy. You're, you may feel discomfort at your incision site for about four weeks and any redness, bruising, or swelling can disappear over the first four to six weeks. I'm always surprised at who, who really bruises significantly. Feeling burning or itching around your incision is pretty normal, especially if there's been any surgical glue used on your belly. You also could feel some numbness around your incision and rate that radiates down your leg. And if you've had um, an abdominal, a large abdominal incision specifically, so if you've had an abdominal hysterectomy, and that usually lasts about six to eight weeks. It is normal to have scarring both internally and externally with laparoscopic surgeries. They are definitely smaller and they will fade over the next six to eight weeks. So like I said, if your ovaries remain, you are going to feel hormone related effects. If your ovaries were removed and you, and you hadn't gone through menopause before, you're going to experience a sudden onset of menopause, hot flashes, generally no fun, especially, I mean, this is when some people are made prematurely menopause. And so a hormone replacement therapy is definitely recommended for these individuals. Okay, some people have emotional reactions to having a hysterectomy, and it really varies. Some people are delighted to be rid of their periods and the chance of pregnancy. And then others, especially if this is something out of their control, for instance, a cesarean hysterectomy when they're hemorrhaging and we've done everything to try to save their uterus, or if it is significant and large fibroids at a young age, everyone's going to have different feelings about, you know, how they take being without their uterus. And it's important that you discuss these with your healthcare provider and that we can pair you up with a counselor to kind of work through these so that you have the support that you need. It's normal to feel bloating and gassy after a hysterectomy. It can take several weeks for that puffiness and swelling of your belly to go down. Your belly shouldn't be hard or firm. It should be soft. Even if it's puffy or swollen, it still should be soft. It never should be firm. You can always do warm compresses, getting up and walking around. You may change to a more a plant-based diet to help with your bloating and discomfort after surgery. Okay, so we've already addressed the last two topics that I had kind of pinned to talk about, and that's if I'm going to enter menopause after a hysterectomy, and it really depends on whether your ovaries were removed. If your ovaries remain after a hysterectomy, you will not enter menopause right away, unless the blood supply to those ovaries was compromised for some reason. 
But if both your ovaries are removed during a hysterectomy, you are likely to feel immediate menopausal symptoms, hot flashes, night sweats, disturbance in sleep, definitely not comfortable. And this is when it's really important to work with a North American Menopause Society certified menopause practitioner to really get the right therapy for you. Okay, last one is, do I still need a pap test after having a hysterectomy? And I think we addressed that. Specifically, if you're deemed low risk and you've had normal routine screening in the previous years and your pathology at the time of a hysterectomy of your cervix is normal, then you don't have to have a pap test after having had a hysterectomy, a total hysterectomy, where your uterus and cervix are removed. Remember, the uterus or the cervix is the lower part of the uterus. Okay, so major reasons you're going to call your healthcare provider to call your doctor, your surgeon after having had surgery. If you have fever over 100.4, if you have bright red, heavy vaginal bleeding, if you have severe nausea, vomiting, if you have difficulty urinating, if you cannot pee or you have burning when you pee, then you need to call your doctor. If you have increasing amount of pain or swelling, redness, or drainage from your incisions, you're going to call your surgeon right away. So typically your cervical function, uh, your sexual function rather, is usually not affected by a hysterectomy. Most women are, or most uterus owners are um, having orgasm through clitoral stimulation. There have been some reports of few women who orgasm through stimulation to the cervix. So this really important conversation to have with your doctor, but symptoms such as low sex drive and vaginal dryness definitely can occur. And using a water-based lubricant can help with that dryness, but that definitely can impact your overall sexual health. And so something that definitely should be considered and discussed with your surgeon. And if you're not finding that your gynecologist is comfortable talking about sexual function, find somebody who is. A common question is, does sex feel different to my partner after hysterectomy? Typically, no. Studies show that sexual pleasure doesn't change after hysterectomy. Typically, if you have ovaries that are removed and you have that vaginal dryness, using a lubricant can help. Vaginal estrogen is a girl's best friend for sure. Sometimes it just, it even improves confidence if you've had uterine prolapse and that's been recorrected. What fills the empty space after a hysterectomy? Oh my gosh. Ladies, yes. After a hysterectomy, your other organs, they just move in to fill the space. So your bowels, it's just all, all filling that space. Your small and large intestines mainly fill the space occupied by once was your uterus. There are a lot of alternatives to a hysterectomy, waiting and watching, keeping a menstrual diary, taking different medications such as a birth control pill to manage your painful or periods or heavy vaginal bleeding, burning the lining of the uterus with an endometrial ablation, having procedures to shrink or surgery to remove uterine fibroids, performing pelvic floor exercises to help with uterine prolapse, to help improve the muscles in your uterus, using a pessary to prop up a the pessary is like a trampoline that fits inside of the vagina to help prop up the uterus during uterine prolapse. Undergoing surgery to treat endometriosis or vaginal bleeding that doesn't involve removing the entire uterus. There are always options, but a hysterectomy can offer relief for many conditions of the uterus like irregular bleeding and painful periods. So remember to talk openly with your surgeon about your symptoms so that you can come up with your best treatment plan. And if you get a hysterectomy, make sure that you understand the procedure and how you're, what to expect from recovery from surgery and also 
what was your pathology of your hysterectomy? That's really important to know. If you had any type of abnormal pathology, we need to know that so that when people transfer into my practice, I am usually requesting the that operative note as well as the pathology report so that I have all the information that I need. And so that's important information for you to have on hand for your health. So make sure you ask what type of hysterectomy is going to be performed and what your pathology results are postoperatively. And typically, like I said, even with enlarged uterus or large uterus and heavy vaginal bleeding, a lot of times it's a same day surgery, which is pretty remarkable. It's taken a couple of years for me to get comfortable sending patients home same day, but my patients are doing great. And I feel like they actually get up and move around more whenever they go home and tend to recover really well. Part of my post-operative package, I do osteopathic treatment, at least two sessions post-operatively to help patients really just improve lymphatic flow. You know, you're up in the stirrups for a long period of time with your legs at 90 degrees going through a hysterectomy. So I find that doing post-operative osteopathic manipulative treatment to especially the low back, the pelvis, the diaphragm, and the thoracic inlet are really helpful for um, my patients' post-operative recovery. They love it. It feels good. And I think that it's it's a great benefit. It's, it's a fun way to use my osteopathic skills. So anyways, if you have any questions about hysterectomy, if there's something that I didn't cover, because this is so common to me, I do it every day. Sometimes it's hard for me to kind of outline it and talk through it in detail to you. So if you have any additional questions, please send us an email at hello at skywomenshealth.com and I would be happy to answer those for you. Until next week, be well. All right, Sky community. Thank you for listening to another episode. This episode was sponsored by Sky Women's Health. As a reminder, we're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and we help relieve back pain and pelvic pain in pregnancy and beyond. If you are pregnant and having pain and you feel like you have no reliable way to relieve it, look us up at skywomenshealth.com, request an appointment, and we'll call to get you scheduled. As a board-certified OB-GYN with a Neuromusculoskeletal Medicine Fellowship, I help you realign with hands-on drug-free treatment and relieve pain on the spot without medication. We'll help you maintain these results through your pregnancy and postpartum period. Every pregnant person deserves this, and we are so excited to serve you. You can find us on our website, as mentioned, or on social at Sky Women's Health, or you can call the office at 817-915-9803. That's it for today. Until next week, be well.